And welcome back, everybody, to episode number 21 of Three Major Sports Podcast. I am Enrique, your host here, as always, with uh, my partner in crime, Rob, from the West Coast. What's up, man? How you doing? Sir, nice to hear your voice again. Indeed. Indeed, it has been a little bit of a hiatus for us again. But as Rob so eloquently put it for me a few minutes ago, life happens, man. So here we are. We are back on the horse. And we're going to try to pump out two episodes this week just so that we can give everything its due time. Uh, so we're going to do an NBA exclusive episode today. And hopefully later on this week, we can pump out an NFL one before this weekend's slate of games. So let's um, let's jump right into this, man. Let's jump right into this and make, uh, make the best of all the time that we have. Perfect. So coincidentally enough, on the night that we record for the first time in a month, our basketball teams faced each other uh, on the court tonight here in Miami, and the Cavs beat us down by 26 points. Uh, needless to say, I'm devastated. Uh, <laughs> but it's not even more because of the result. It's, it's, I, I personally feel like the Heat season may have taken uh, an irreparable turn today. Bam Adebayo has been deemed out. He tore the UCL in his right thumb, which requires surgery. The most optimistic of timelines for returns is four to six weeks. A realistic uh, timeline from what our friends at Five Reason Sports are reporting is more of an eight to 12 week window. Um, just buck. That's three months. Um, yeah. If we don't get him back until after the All-Star break, like this can get real ugly real fast because the Heat are – we hang our hat on defense, but the way that we play defense doesn't work without him in the middle. Um, it doesn't work without him being able to switch off onto everything that the offense is trying to throw at us. There are very little big men in the league that can guard one through five like Bam can. Um it is what makes us a very, very, very dynamic defensive team. And honestly, without him, it's just not going to work like that. Yeah, we can get Jimmy and Kyle Lowry out there to play defense, but neither one of those guys are defending the paint. Neither one of those guys are going to be the ones that the offense tries to their players off on. Um, this is going to change the way we look. This is going to change the way we play. And honestly, we are – a Jimmy or a Kyle Lowry rolled ankle away from being a bottom five team in the East. Because if we lose two of those three, any two of those three, and with Bam already being out, any one of the other two, like this is, this could get really, really ugly. Um, so yeah, I am really worried about what happened to my beloved Miami Heat and their season today. I was so excited, man. We were going to win the finals. Like I had no doubt in my mind that we were going to win the finals. <laughs> And now if we can get into the play-in tournament then, or into, God forbid, we can land a six-seater higher, uh, and we do get Bam healthy back, then we're still going to win the finals. I just, yeah. I'm very worried about what can happen between now and that man returning. Yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll take a little more realistic. As much uh, grief as I give you about the heat um, with all your culture nonsense, um, I, I would have liked to see you guys at full strength today for our game. Um, it, it, it is unfortunate when a young 
star like Bam goes out with an injury like that, you know, something to his thumb or something. Just such an awkward injury to tear a yeah. ligament in your thumb. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 a little bummed out. Uh, I I do still think I think with with you guys at a decent health, even without Bam, I think you're at, at least 500. So like worst case scenario, you'll probably be like a fifth seed, maybe six. You know when he comes back, and that's what their worst case puts them right at about the end of February, beginning of March. So you'd still yeah. have six more weeks of the regular season, probably another right. 20 games or so. More yeah. or less, yeah. Yeah, um, so... And, like, I want to believe that, but we're a fifth seed now, and we have been relatively healthy so far. I mean, we've missed a couple... He's missed a couple games. Jimmy's missed a couple games. Lowry's missed a couple games here and there. Yeah. Uh, but we're a fifth seed now. Like... Yeah, I mean, the East in general is just... It's Yeah, it's very bunched up right now. No one's really... It it's not like the West where you had these two teams just skyrocket out of the out of the gates. And then everybody else. Right, right. It, it's it's a little more clumped up. Um, I think I was looking – I got it right in front of me now. The difference between the Nets and the 11th seed is four and a half games. So you can you can be anywhere yep. one through 11 with a four-game losing streak uh, or four-game winning streak, which is right. also pretty crazy. So – yeah, the East is just it's a it's a mess right now. Um, yeah, getting back to our game, uh, I I just it's it's really hard to try to be a realist because I I know that the Cavs aren't going to win anything of importance. I'm very aware of that. Right. Um, it is nice to see them competitive, uh, and I don't know how we come up with with a stat that can measure the the value of someone like Evan Mobley. Uh, clearly, there's better players in the league than him, but his effect on our team is crazy. Like, and he he had he's only had a couple double doubles. I know he had a double double tonight, but it's not that his stats necessarily blow you away, but just the way that he plays defense. Um, you know, I was talking to you guys this uh, tonight, you and Douglas, and I I can't believe the Cavs have the second best defense in the league, or at least points per game wise. Um, right, obviously, so that doesn't include. Yeah, it doesn't include, uh, like, pace. Uh, obviously, if you play a slower game, you're going to give up more points. So that, that does happen. Um, though they're not necessarily a slow team, but just, uh, you know, it's not always apples to apples. I guess we'll put it that way. Right. But still, giving up, you know, a point and a half more than the Warriors and then being given up less than everyone else in the league is, is pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, real happy on how they've they've performed. Uh we were talking before they, they've now played 22 games. We've been favored in one game and they've won 12 of them, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I guess a that better is, dream. Honestly, that is kind of insane. Um, to only have been favored in one game and you have 12 wins. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mobley, Mobley's been, I mean, yeah, maybe there isn't a stat to quantify how great he is, but he was just out for, what seemed like 10 minutes. I thought it was going to be longer, but he missed like what, six or seven games only. So they, they said two to four weeks. He ended up missing four games. Okay. So four, yeah, I thought it was going to be longer than exactly. And, so, and, and we went Oh, and four without him. Right. So when he's played, we were, we're 12 and six. No. And not only Oh, and four, but you guys went Oh, and four and did not look like a decent team. Like it, the scores were not pretty. It was, no, they weren't getting blown out, but they, they weren't scoring. And cause you know, you don't have Sexton to, to pick up that scoring gap. 
So you lose another guy like Mobley and it's like, all right, who else are we, you know, we're starting Dean Wade over here. And it's just, it's not the yeah. same D Wade that, that, you know, you guys are used to. Right. <laughs> well, he's got 14, 14 and a half and eight per game. And this kid's going to be a problem. Like, you guys should be, and I know you are, but you guys uh, as a fan base should be extremely excited about having this kid around. Yeah. Um, well, you remember me after the draft. I was, I was super. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't absolutely. believe they were able to get him at three. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, but we kind of knew that it was he was going to drop to three with the hype yeah. around uh, Cunningham and Green. Um, it was more up to like, would Cleveland fuck this up and like take Suggs or something like that? But yeah, they did not. They 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 made, obviously made the right choice. Yeah. All of the. I mean, I know that our favorite national guy, Zach Lowe, it just loves Mobley. They cannot stop fawning over the guy. And he's got a point. Like, everything that he brings up, it's like he just – he does. One of the things that you talked about, right, the most most contested shots in the league, and he missed four games. And he still has the most contested shots in the league. What did he have, four blocks, blocks tonight? He had four blocks tonight, yeah. Unreal. Um, yeah, yeah, he sent Tyler Hero packing one time, and I was like, dude, don't even go back to the paint, bro. Just fucking shoot. <laughs> um, just there's nothing for you in there, sir. There's nothing but pain and devastation for you in there. <laughs> um, so, like that, that kind of stuff, like that changes your defensive presence as a team. Him paired with Jared Allen. Jared Allen had five blocks tonight. He, in, Mobley had four. Mobley had seventeen. Allen had nineteen. They both had ten rebounds. Like I think those eleven two, to get, or or was it eleven? Eleven. You yeah, eleven yeah. rebounds. Um, those two guys paired together down there are like monstrous. Like this, you got Garland. This is very quickly coming together. Like this could be, and like if you look historically at, not even historically, even in the last 10 years, like right before the Warriors became the Warriors, they had one of these spunky competitive teams who maybe didn't win anything, but you can see that they were putting it together. Um, these Boston teams, now, after these draft picks, right, you can see that they, I mean, it's kind of fallen off because Brad Stevens didn't, uh, not Brad, Danny Ainge didn't really pull the trigger with any of the collateral that he had. But exactly. they put together a young team that you can see, like, if it all falls together, they can be a problem. This is starting to look like one of those teams. <laughs> That's, um, I'm only used to seeing the Cavs be decent with the best player in the world on their team. And even then, they only managed to win one championship. So for the, these true. guys to be putting it together, organically like this with good decision-making and sound drafting is a uh, foreign territory to us. And you're not wrong as much as I'd love to, to defend it and, and say something different. Everything you said there is spot on. Um, it's just not what we're used to. Uh, I mean, like you said, Mobley sort of fell into their laps. They didn't have the first overall pick. So it's not like they had a choice between him, Cunningham and, uh, and Jalen green, but um you know hitting it with him uh they they sort of went all in on size this summer which a lot of people were sort of like you know a it's the Cavs, so who cares and b like that's just not the way the game is played and they've had a lot of lineups not where they play all four of them together but marketing starts he's seven foot um jared allen evan mobley kevin love's been getting more minutes as he's gotten healthier i think he was our leading scorer tonight he was he was a game's leading scorer tonight with 23 or 22 yeah. And and that's off the bench. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we start three seven-footers. So, you know, that yeah. when, when they're all going. And marketing is no... supposed to be a shooter. So, like. He is. It's, it gives you that. It's just, uh, 
again, another big body, but it's not, he's not the traditional big man skill set. No. Like, this dude is just a, I mean, I just, it's like a Kevin Durantish, right? He's nowhere near the stratosphere of the player that Kevin Durant is, but he is that long, stretchy, uh, big body that shoots, right? He's just right. not going to be KD, but um, I don't know. I think having those big bodies out there can definitely help. Obviously, your defense hasn't suffered for it, uh, allowing the second least amount of points. I mean, you guys even – I get we didn't have any of our guys today, but for the Heat to score 85 points, like, fuck. That's just – that's not all on us. Like, there's, I'm not going to take away from the fact that there was probably a very high uh, defensive reason for us shooting, you know, sub 40% from the field tonight like we did. Right, right. And, and that's really what it comes down to is you have 21 games of proof that the Cavs play differently. They just do. Um, you know, they are very solid on defense, especially with Mobley. Uh, and I was just looking at the stats. Markkinen's averaging 15 and 7 with a 16 PER. So, I mean, they're, they're paying him a lot of money, but that's, that's a good – that's just a good NBA player. That's, yeah, and that's it's – I mean, they didn't – and they didn't get – you guys didn't give him that contract, right? That was a trade. That's a Chicago contract, isn't it? No, it was a sign-in trade. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was the Larry Nance deal. So, the three-way with Portland. Yeah, I just thought that marketing was already on this contract. But he was probably still on a rookie deal, huh? Yes, yeah. I think he was a restricted free agent, which is why they had to sign-in trade him. Got it. All right. Well, things are looking up in Believeland for you guys. So <laughs> I'm glad because the Browns are browning. So I'm glad that you have this to. Yeah, kind of, we'll, uh, we'll do that on Friday. We'll do that we on Friday. We will have our Browns browning episode on Friday. Oh, God. Uh, so the Heats are in disarray. The Cavs are ascending. Evan Mobley is a rising star. That is a great way to kick this off. So, so far, so good. Uh, what do we want to talk about next? Let's shift gears to the West Coast. So, last night was one of the probably most anticipated games of the season so far. We 100%. Had, we had the Golden State Warriors visiting the Phoenix Suns. And the game did not disappoint. It was very close, back and forth throughout most of the game. The Warriors actually had the lead for a good chunk of this game. And then in the second half, particularly fourth quarter, Phoenix had a little run, and they never relinquished the lead after that. Ended up winning, I think, by like eight points, something like that. Um, For their 18th win in a row, the Suns started one and three. And they are now... Uh, eight, seventeen, eighteen, and three. So they had seventeen straight wins instead of eighteen. Right? This was their seventeenth. I thought it was eighteen. Uh, but they're yeah, eighteen thought, and three now. Yeah, no, it was seventeen because they were one and three at the beginning of the season. They were one and three, yeah, yeah, and then they rattled off seventeen straight, or they have rattled off seventeen straight. Um, well, so much for a finals hangover. A, a losing finals hangover, which uh, it's interesting because dur- towards not maybe the beginning of the season, but in the past couple of weeks, I was listening to an interview with uh, Stan Van Gundy, who was saying that, um, you know, it's difficult. Was it, or maybe it was Jeff Van Gundy. It was one of the Van Gundys. But he's saying, you know, it's difficult to, to get your team 
motivated again after you lose in the finals, especially in the manner in which they did. They had a 2-0 lead in the finals and then lost four straight games. That's um, I can see how that would be debilitating to team morale. And since you returned, I mean, you do, you returned all your stars. You, you really didn't do, you lost like Tory Craig and little stuff like that, but nobody, nobody of significant. Um, and then they start one and three out the gate and you're like, Oh, here we go. This is, we're going to get the same old sons back, but bam, they rattled off 17 straight. Deandre Ayton has been awesome. Uh, he's missed some time with an injury and, his return coincides with more or less the beginning of the streak. I think he missed the first couple of games of the streak. Uh, Devin Booker has been great, even though I just saw that he's going to miss a couple of games with a hamstring injury. So let's see how that affects them. And and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is, you know, the point guard. Chris Paul. Right. Along with uh, Mikel Bridges. Uh, this is, a, again, a very solid Phoenix team who – has quickly, along with the Warriors, cemented themselves at the top of the Western Conference. So I'm interested to see where this is going. That game did not let down. That was a very exciting game. And Friday night we get to do it again in San Francisco this time. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, what are your thoughts on the Suns? Uh, just sort of echoing everything you said. They they did not disappoint. Um, we We were part of one of those 17 games that they've won in a row. Uh, and really what it comes down to is so far, and, and I think this was, I think this was Zach Lowe's last uh, podcast. They, they have two of the best clutch players in the NBA the last two seasons uh, between Booker and Paul. And, and it's exactly what happened to us when we played them. Uh, I think we played them maybe 10 days, 12 days ago, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a lead up until the last couple minutes of the fourth. And then uh, Booker and, and Paul just mid-ranged us to death. They ended up winning by four or five points, something like that. That's what they do. They just got to stay close, and then they can just mid-range you to death uh, with those two guys and, and play good defense and pull out wins. So yeah, They ended up yeah. beating you by five the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And... Yeah, so not even, not even ten days ago. Yep, let's see. Where did this come from? Where let's Oh, yeah. Booker with 35. Paul with 17. Paul was a plus 23 on the floor that night. That's... Yeah. And if you look at the if you look at the um, the quarter by quarter score breakdown, we mm-hmm. were ahead through three and, and they just like beat us down that last fourth quarter. And again, it wasn't it wasn't like the Warriors. We, we had played the Warriors again, maybe another week or two before that. We're up uh, either 14 or 16 going into the fourth quarter. And by halfway through the fourth quarter, it was a tie game, and they ended up outscoring us like 34 to 8 in the fourth quarter. Just completely blitz you. And that's the big difference between Golden State and, and Phoenix uh, at this point is Phoenix will sort of grind you down where Golden State will just blow you away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you didn't have, I mean, you didn't have the worst fourth quarter. I mean, you had 29 points in that fourth quarter because Seti Osman had 12 points. Uh, but they put up 33, and Chris Paul had eight. But then you have Booker, Campaign, and Cam Johnson all with five each. So you had 20-something, 23 points out of your 33 from those four guys right there. Um, so that's – yeah, I mean, the Suns are <laughs> the Suns are really good. They are 
probably going to head to a top three seed in the league, uh, in the in the conference again. Yeah. They were, they were number one in the West last year, right? No, number two behind Utah. Two. Yep, two. Um, Utah just doesn't count for anything, bro. They're fucking <laughs> bums. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes and see if they can keep this up. Obviously, you're not going to win another 20 games. I mean, franchise record is 18. So, right. they – if it is correct that they are 17 in, which it should be, then they've got a game with Detroit tomorrow night, which we can – I mean, let's, let's, write that, yeah. let's write that in pen. Yep, that's going to be 18. Yeah. Uh, and then they rematch with the Warriors, see if they can do it again Friday night. Again, with losing Booker and going on the road this time, I fully expect that streak to end on Friday. Yeah, um, yeah. Because this is a perfect segue to the next – the Warriors are really fucking good. Yeah, they are. the Warriors are out of this world good, and we talked about it in the um, in our preseason preview. And I don't think that you really bought into. No, you were definitely basketball. higher on them than I was. Yeah, you yeah, were definitely I, higher. And 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 as high as I was on them, I couldn't have imagined this in my wildest dreams because. Uh man, it was well. You know what? We both put them at under forty-eight and a half wins, but I think you were talking about them going way below. And I was like, man, maybe they, maybe they hit forty-eight. Yeah, um, I think I was closer to five hundred. Forty, forty-two, yeah. forty-three, somewhere in there. Well, five clearly going to beat that. Yeah, five thirty-eight has them predicted at fifty-four and twenty-eight. Right. Yeah, and they were at forty and forty-four to start the season. That's I'm crazy. sorry, forty and forty-two. So. They've gone up 14 wins in the first 20 games. So that gives you an idea of how their outlook has changed. Um, oh, for sure. The, the next team we go through, uh, we, can, we can go over how, how 538 may have been more accurate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can definitely talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Theirs has gone down, which is it has. just music, I, it music just to my it. ears. It just looked at it and I was like, fuck. All right, well, let's, let's get through the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry is, I mean... If things keep going as is, I think he's got to win the MVP, right? Uh, yeah. I, okay, let, let me change that yeah. up. Who other than Steph Curry would you put in a realistic MVP conversation right now? Uh, hold on. I'll let you know. I think, I'm, thinking, I think I'm guessing at Giannis. this point, yeah, Giannis. Um, so if you go and based KD. off of – Yeah, I was going to say, if you go based off of PER, it'd be Jokic – uh, who actually is having at this point is having the best individual season in the history of basketball. So, yeah, I know you don't like him. That's okay. I understand. Just I did. Numbers don't. Did. Numbers don't. No, lie. I, I did up until you start taking cheap shots. But I, I was a big fan. <laughs> yeah, um, Jokic, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. Th- those are those are my top five. Uh, Montrez Harrell is mixed in there too, but I'm not counting that. Um, so uh, those those are my five. Now Steph is fifth on that list, uh, just going off of PER. PER is not the end all be all, but it does line up fairly well with MVP winners, uh, strangely enough. So um, it's a good indicator whether or not it's it's a you know a plays into who wins it. It is a good indicator, uh, but you also have to include that an MVP is a popularity contest. So right. it's hard to match, you know, this Serbian white dude who's kind of fat and lanky, uh, despite his awesome numbers, is not Steph Curry. <laughs> Never right. will be. 
just let's let's be honest. So, uh, I mean, shit, he's not Giannis uh, or Kevin Durant either. So um, he, he could have better numbers, and it probably still wouldn't matter. So, right. But and again, one. But and and also aside from the popularity contest thing, because obviously, I mean, Jokic just won it last year. But he did. But he had to. His numbers right. were so much better than everybody else's. Well, not only that, because his numbers are still going to be so much better, it seems like, this year, right? But his team performance will not be what it was last year. Like, when no. was the last time that we got an MVP in the NBA that wasn't on, like, a top three or four overall team in the league? Like, it just doesn't Russ. happen in the NBA. Yeah, it was Russ. Uh, yes, yeah, it was Russ. And that was yeah. because he did something that literally had never been done in history before. Right, right. Which, which is why I'm saying Jokic, because his numbers at this point are so good, if you believe in the PER stat, having the best season in literally the history of basketball would have to merit you some some consideration. It, it just does. I guess it puts you on the ballot for sure. Right, right. Because I think at this point, the best season in NBA history is a 31 PER. Joker right now is almost 36, which is like crazy compared to, to some of the other. I mean, Jordan, LeBron, all those guys, nothing close to this. So you have to mention him because of that, but does that mean he's the front runner? No, no. People are obviously gravitating to Steph right now. Uh, if the, you know, same thing happens with the Nets. If the Nets go on a big run, let's say they get Kyrie back or something. If they go on a big run towards the end of the season, that's great momentum for Kevin Durant. Uh, right. Same thing with the Bucks. You know, Bucks are getting healthy. They go on some big run with Giannis, and he's averaging thirty and and twelve every night. It, it'd be hard to argue with that one too. So. Yeah, he's up there though. Um, Steph's up there. Steph is up there, and the team is doing big things around them. Like so, one of the things that I guess can really that really plays into what's been happening is the young players around them are. I mean, they've been with them for two seasons now. This is their third season for the most part of this particular group that's been put together, and and they're just play like they've figured out how to play basketball together. It's not easy to throw together a group of guys, especially when a bunch of them are younger guys, and just expect them to mesh and perform well and play well uh, the entire time. Andrew Wiggins has been phenomenal for them uh, in the role that he's playing, right? He doesn't have the freaking weights of a franchise on his shoulders, which is obviously something that this kid should not have had and cannot handle. But right. um, he he is in the role that he's playing, he's been phenomenal. Uh, Jordan Poole has been great. Um, Nemanja Bielika, who was non-existent for the Heat last year, is like a considerably good role player on this team right now. Uh, and they're missing Wiseman, and obviously they're missing Clay. When Clay gets back, I mean, if they can get back to anything near the Splash Brothers of like the, in their prime five years ago then, I mean, I just got to chalk this team up into the finals at least and see who comes out of the East to play them because, man, they're going to they're gonna look very similar to the Warriors of old if they keep this up and then they add clay to it. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thought process because I, I, think, I think what happens is people, people get the idea that, oh, you're going to add Clay Thompson back into this. Well, how much better is Clay Thompson than what they've been putting together right now? Because if you play Clay Thompson, then you got to take away Jordan Poole. You got to take away uh, Juan Toscando, Anderson. Um, you know, just less minutes all around from some of the guys that are producing. Now, of course, Clay Thompson's a better player than them. But, you know, I think Jordan Poole yesterday was the, the leading scorer for the Warriors. And, and that's fine. 
I mean, but just because we're going to slide clay in doesn't mean that Poole cannot get – I mean, we're seeing it with Tyler Hero. He's, uh, he's a bench player, but if your coach works in rotations in the way that they see fit, they can still get them starter minutes and get everybody involved. Toscano yeah. Anderson can go sit down. Every time I looked at the screen yesterday, the dude was turning the ball over. It was really frustrating to watch, actually. Um, and and that may have just been that game because I watched the Sixers game have. a couple days ago, and, and but he's it was a rookie, sort of right? Opposite. No, he's in, been in the league for a couple years. Then it's second year. It's on, then it's only the year before, like either last year or this year. Um, because I don't know, maybe a little less playing time for that guy won't be the end of the world for this team, especially if it means Clay coming in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah. I think, I think what always happens is people yeah, are like, oh, you have season. this guy, you have this guy, so he's going to add to everything, and it's like, yeah, but he'll add something, but then he's going to take away something else. They already have the best point differential in the league. They already have the best defense in the league. Like, what is going to change when Clay Thompson comes back? Besides, for some of those other guys not getting as many minutes or shots. So I, I do think that they're fairly close to, to sort of topping out. Um, but their topping out makes them a legitimate title contender. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, by no means is that like an insult, but it's not like they're going to add 20 points a game to their, their totals. They're, they're going to add a, a great shooter, but they're going to take away guys that have already been contributing. And, and part of what makes them so successful is being able to run in a bunch of guys that all pass the ball and are athletic and young and all that shit. So, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just have to see. Uh, Jordan Poole is averaging – 18 points and clay normally averages 21 and a half 22 so you're right you're not seeing a huge uh, a huge bump in production there i guess compared to what pool is doing right now but let's see this should be quite interesting yeah i'm looking forward to them getting more you know full full health or healthier full strength excuse me and seeing what they can pull together from there because it's it's going to be interesting. going to be nice. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to have a, an 80% win percentage the whole year. Um, no, I don't either. But, but yeah, it, it's a hell of a start. Hell of a start. Can't take that away from them at all. All right. Well, that does it for our Warriors talk. I will now cede the floor to you, sir, so you can really <laughs> enjoy this next topic and lead us into the next team that we want to talk about. Yeah, I, I wish I had something more ceremonious to say, but the Lakers just suck, man. They suck. <laughs> they certainly uh, do. They suck. Um, they they didn't help me out with uh, with their comeback yesterday, but they had to make a comeback against the Kings. I mean, like, well, listen, I'm watching the Kings whoop on the Clippers right now, so they didn't have to make that. Well, they didn't have to make it, but they had just lost to the Kings in triple overtime like four days before, and they were down – like 16 to the Kings, and they yeah. went on a 40 to 10 run or something. Yeah, yeah, they had like a 40 to 11 or 40 to 12 run. It was stupid. Right. And now LeBron's out for uh, health and safety protocols for at least 10 days. Well, he got COVID, so it's not even just protocols at this point. Like, you are legitimately quarantined You are an now. infected man. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so he's he's done for a little while. Um, he just hasn't looked the same this year. I mean, you always have that aura of LeBron. Uh, which we all love, but father, father time is undefeated. That's he certainly is. He certainly is. Um, I'm going through looking at the. I don't even think he's played enough minutes to qualify for PER. Nope, he sure hasn't. Wow. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's not even listed at this point. 
Um, they just, I don't know. I, I don't get the league's infatuation with Russell Westbrook. Like he's, he's going to make the, the hall of fame. He's, he's obviously an awesome player, but the dude has not been a winning player for a few years now. So why they thought that would change when he went to the Lakers to basically do the same thing LeBron does. Well, what do you, what do you define as a winning player? Just being on a team that's winning regardless of your own performance? No, I think, I think what it is, is you have certain guys where they can just sort of raise the floor of a team where if you have that person on your team, you're never going to be worse than, you know, a, Right. Uh, LeBron is obviously the best example of that. Any team LeBron goes to, you know they're making the playoffs. It doesn't matter who else they have. We, we saw that with 2018 Cavs. Uh, they had home court advantage, and it was literally LeBron and a bunch of dudes. And they could have just been any dude. There was just a bunch of dudes. Um, he did that same thing in 2007. It's just LeBron and a bunch of dudes. We can make the finals. Mm-hmm. That, that's sort of the, the upper echelon of that floor raiser. Um, other guys is, is someone like James Harden where like literally it's James Harden and a bunch of D league dudes and they can still make the playoffs. Right. Uh, the opposite of that is someone like Carl Anthony towns where you're like, wow, he puts up 26 and 12 and their team is awful. Uh, Anthony Davis is another great example of that where, you know, we saw him on the Pelicans year after year after year, he put up the same numbers as LeBron yet. His team is awful. Why? Uh, yeah. I think Russ sort of fits more into that category. Maybe he didn't when he was a little younger, but now that's what he is. So um, even him on the Wizards last year, like they had to go on an incredible run at the end of the season to make the eight seed. And that's with Bradley Beal. (laughs) Right. And he played, I mean, his best numbers were when Bradley Beal wasn't on the floor. Right. Um, Just because that's just how Russ plays. And, it's why it was such a head scratcher when they pulled this trade because it's like, okay, again, what are you going to do with somebody who stands around when he doesn't have the ball? Uh, but you also have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team. You got to get them the ball as well. So, like, how does this figure out? And I think it would, okay, assuming that LeBron can get back into some sort of form, I think that it could work if you can get Russ to buy into leading the second unit and coming in, like, doing the Tyler Hero. Like, leading the second unit, being the scorer on that unit, uh, staggering him and LeBron as much as possible, but playing him in AD, preferably uh, a decent amount. Um, and that, I mean, even that, like, AD is not that great of a shooter to clear out the paint for him all the time. Just Russ can't have anybody <laughs> near the basket for him to be successful. Right. He's just... And he's, he's such a god-awful shooter that you, you can't let him spot up either because you're just playing right. into the other team's hands. If, if Russ Westbrook is at the top of the key – and another guy's driving into the lane. There's no reason to be within 15 feet of them. There just right. isn't. None. Um, and and I'm not sure if you heard this stat. Uh, I can't remember if it was Zach Lowe's last podcast or the one before. Uh, Kirk Goldsberry, who's a, an analytics guru, um, used to work for the San Antonio Spurs. He put together some stat that said that Anthony Davis has the worst shooting percentage of any jump shooter in the league this year. That's insane. <laughs> I think that the, the, the book is closed on him being a number one, right? Like, it's just not – it's not – like, he cannot carry a team to anything. No, he has to no. be Robin. He has any, no Batman any in team, him. Right. Any team with Anthony Davis is the Pelicans. You're going to be one or two games over 500 on his best season. Like, an MVP season for Davis is two games over 500. It's insane. And, and why that is, I just don't know. 
I don't like get I it. Said, yeah, him, him and Towns. They here's here's another guy, and I know you you haven't always been a giant fan of him, but Joel Embiid is sort of the same way, where he averages similar numbers to Towns, but his teams are just better. And I don't know if that's because of his defense, which AD also possesses. Uh, I I really don't know, but the defense the, the definitely Sixers... has to do with it. But the teams around Joel Embiid has been head and shoulders better than anything Towns has had around him, and and probably better than anything Davis had around him pre-LA well, since. I was going to say, Davis had Drew Holiday and DeMarcus Cousins. And like, he had DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus as, Cousins. No, it wasn't even legit DeMarcus Cousins. It was he still... got traded from the All-Star game. He was averaging 25 and 11 with Sacramento. But he didn't do anything in New Orleans. I, I get it. So I'm not going to put that on AD. I mean, well, but is that, that because AD standing there? Are we putting I guess, Drew still, Holiday? Is that being still there? on? Is that still on AD though, or is that on David Griffin for trading or whoever was in charge at the time? I mean, for somebody I, I, who clearly wouldn't doesn't really fit what you've got going on the floor. The Drew Holiday thing, like, yeah, okay, so he had Drew Holiday, which Drew Holiday was the nice third best player on a championship team. Like, I mean, I get that, but okay. So that means then, you had two of the three of a big three. You should be more than 500. Yeah, but you're missing the one. Yeah, but there's a lot of teams that have missed. I mean, geez, oh, Pete. I'm trying to think. I guess I was going to say the Blazers, but Dame is probably a one. Yeah, Dame's a one. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's see. Who can, I'm trying to who, think of who would have been a top four seed and not have a, a – I mean, I guess the Pacers maybe a couple times. That's your, I mean, yeah, that's your best. Yeah, I mean, technically, they were the bubble season. They ended up at four. Yeah. Um, and I guess that, that was probably all of TJ Warren. And, no, and TJ no, no, no. Depot was gone. He was in Houston already that year, wasn't he? I don't think he was Houston, but yeah, I, I think he was just hurt. I think he'd already well, maybe not playing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. maybe not playing. Uh, well, 538 has the Lakers predicted at 37 and 45. With a 28% chance to make the playoffs. For context, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Memphis Grizzlies have both been given a 53% chance to make the playoffs. But the team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook has a 28% chance. Um, That's pretty staggering. That is pretty staggering. The Wizards and the Hornets have a better chance of making the playoffs. The Knicks have a better chance of making the playoffs. Uh, this is this is not looking good. So, do we think that there is a head coaching change in LA midseason this year, and uh, Frank Vogel loses his job? I honestly, I think if at any point in time they drop below the eight seed, I do think that that becomes louder. Um, what? There's seven now, right? There's seven, right? So, I I, I don't expect that to take very long. Um, it, <laughs> like honestly, tomorrow, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not even saying that to be a smart aleck. Like, I legitimately think if they're in the bottom half of the play-in tournament at any point in time with this amount of money to these players, um, I, I, I don't. I don't think it, there's any way he keeps his job. Fizdale show, baby. Yeah. I'm a big. I'm a big Dave Fizdale fan um, because of the work he did here in Miami. And I used to work with his sister, so big. Oh well, yeah, we too, duh. We I keep forgetting yeah. we were there. So uh, yeah. Fizdale, even before that, always had a special place in my heart. And then 
we love his sister as well. So I'm all for Dave Fisdale getting that job in LA, hopefully doing well at least, because um, he does have a good relationship with LeBron. And I'm sure it is much easier for Dave Fisdale to relate to that particular basketball team than Frank Vogel. Um, so let's see, man. The Lakers are, if, if nothing else, they are very interesting to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I'll always be the guy that hates or loves watching big market teams fail. Like, the fact that the Knicks suck every year is just, like, music to my ears. Wow, the Knicks haven't sucked in 18 months, so what's well, going the on Knicks, the, the Knicks still suck in any fashion. If they're not a top four seed and don't have a number one player, then they suck. So you're telling me you don't consider Julius Randle a number one player? Absolutely not. Didn't they get 4-1 in the playoffs? Yeah, they got 4-1 by uh, Trey Young. The Hawks. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Hawks. Yeah, no. Nope, nope, they suck. Mm-hmm. Well, so moving on from our Laker talk, let's um, let's take these last 20 minutes and do a little bit of, uh, not rapid fire, but let's go around the league. Uh, so the Eastern Conference is bunched up. There is a, like we said, a four and a half game difference between the number one seed in the East and not being in the, tra- in the play-in tournament in the East. You have the 76ers sitting in 11th place, outside of the play-in tournament at 11 and 11 and the Brooklyn Nets are 15 and six for context 11 and 11 puts you in the top eight in the West. It's got them at 11 in the East. So that's how bunched up this is. We've got a lot of really interesting teams in there. So let's start with, I'm going to start at the top and I'm going to start with, with, the most interesting team, I think, in the Eastern Conference outside of the traditional Nets, Bucks, Heat kind of uh, Hawks deal, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Ooh, okay. I, again, thought that this could very well happen. I know that when we did our preseason, we were, we were talking about who the top six were going to be for sure. And uh, – this was one of the teams that I was like, well, you know, if any of these teams struggle, this can definitely be one of the teams that takes their spot. And back then it was a concern that they would not be playing defense. Well, I don't think that they are playing much defense as it is. And they are second in the East at 14 and eight, and they are beating everyone that basically gets put in front of them. Uh, except for the Heat. I think that would be that's going to be the last full-strength Heat win for a while. We beat them Saturday night on their home floor, and we had to make a fourth-quarter comeback to do it, so that's great. But the Chicago Bulls are really good. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has been all-star DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo Ball has been phenomenal from running the ball up and down the court to playing some defense. Uh, he's been shooting okay. And then... Zach, Zach Levine is – I feel like this is a team with several twos. Um, and as much as that front office wants Levine to be their one, I don't think that Zach Levine is a number one on any team. But I think he is really talented. I think he's a really good player. I just don't think he's an elite game changer. But right. he's, been, he's been playing well. Um, oh, my God. Most – I think probably the most underrated – acquisition of the offseason and I think 
the most overlooked loss of a team losing a player in the offseason. Yeah, I know you're going to say. Alex Caruso from from the Lakers to the Bulls. Alex Caruso leads the league in steals right now. He is playing lights out on defense. He gives it his all on offense. That little Elmer Fudd motherfucker goes out there and just uh, balls on people. It is absolutely incredible. Um, Oh, I thought he was leading the league. He's he's just shy. He's at two point something now, and, and the league lead is up to three. But still, I think he's doing phenomenal. He's done uh, nothing but great things for all oh, those are tonight's leaders. See, yeah, Alex Caruso is, Caruso is leading the league in steals at two point two per game. Jimmy Butler hot in the tail at two point one. But um, man, it has been something to watch. I've been trying to catch as many Bulls games as possible. I have been laying some money down on the Bulls here and there because I believe uh, DeRozan is fifth in the league in scoring. Obviously, Caruso is first in the league in steals. Um, this is just a pretty good team. What do you yeah. What do you think about the Bulls? Well, I'll, I, I agree with everything you just said. I'm going to throw a couple numbers in there uh, just to, to sort of back up what your eyes are telling you. Um, when you say they're still not playing very good defense, uh, I'm going to name you the top three points per game allowed in the East. Um, well, I know number one is yeah. Number one is Cleveland. Number two is Miami. is Miami. Would you like to guess the third? Is is Chicago really number three in the East? It it is Chicago. Yes, sir. So that they also have the best point differential in the East uh, overall. So um, I we think a lot of that, that backs up. Us. Okay. They did. Yes, I think. Well, tonight didn't help. <laughs> no, no I, did uh, not. I, I think a lot. A lot of uh, a lot of what you're saying that sort of helps back it up. Um, those guys on the perimeter. Uh, have been awesome. They really have. I hated Caruso in LA. Uh, I think a lot because, you know, guys play okay around LeBron and they want to make him into superstars. Um, Caruso went to Chicago and has played better. Mm-hmm. Uh, just flat honesty. Uh, so you have to respect that. You really do. The guy, he didn't get paid a ton, but he got, he got paid and it, it made him try harder, which is, you know, unusual for the NBA, honestly. Um, so Right. Very happy for him. I, I do really like Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think he plays well in a team atmosphere. And I think he fits really, really well in what they want to do, which is just run people to death. Um, they have the athletes for it. Levine is perfect for an offense that just wants to sprint up and down the court. Uh, I think DeRozan fits well as a second option in that type of offense. Uh, Lonzo, we've seen a couple skip-ahead passes uh, on highlight reels. Dude, some of those are crazy. They are. I mean, they're 80, 80 feet down the court. There's that one, mm-hmm. the one that sticks out in my head. He had that baseball pass that was like 60 mm-hmm. feet in the air, just to, straight across to the Levine court. or to DeRozan or something like that. And yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know, we're saying all this, and they really haven't gotten Vooch uh, involved in the offense as much. Which no, and he was know, out come, a little bit too. Right. Come come the postseason when things start to slow down, having a guy that can give you 20, 25 in the post. That's not bad either. So I, I actually, you know, going from, from the offseason into our predictions and then into what's actually happened on the court, uh, their stock has certainly uh, grown. It's, it's gained for sure. Um, I still think they'll be somewhere in that top six. And, and really what's going to happen is injuries are going to play uh, mm-hmm. games with how that order goes. Uh, but if they stay relatively healthy, I think for sure they'll be out of the play-in tournament. Oh, I, I assume that they'll be – in the top six unless something catastrophic happens to, to their health. Yeah. And, and I mean, Vooch missed 
some games because he, he caught COVID, right? That's what his uh... – I had no idea. Honestly, I, I know no he, was, he was out for a few, and I'm pretty sure it was because of that. Um, yeah, he definitely caught – COVID and they didn't really miss a beat. Like they're six and four in their last 10, uh, 14 and eight overall. So they've been pretty much balanced this whole season so far. So um, let's see. The Bulls are an interesting team. And I think that they can, if they stay healthy, they can at least maybe not make noise, but they can scare some people in the playoffs. Maybe take somebody to, that they, you wouldn't expect them to, to six or seven games. Uh, so let's see. Seeding will be very important, and we will see who comes out of these different playing tournaments and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think as long as they can skip the Nets or Bull or next Nets or Bucks, I mm-hmm. think they'll be in the second round. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, right now they are matched up with the better team of the playing tournament results. So I mean, if you can stay one or two, you really. Sitting pretty as probable. Well, with these being so bunched up, that may not really make a difference. Everybody's going to be a decent team in the playoffs, it seems. Um, right. So let's see. Who else we got? Well, following them up right in the standings with the same 14 and 8 record, the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal finally has uh, a squad around him because that Russell Westbrook trade is really working out for the Wizards. Uh, Kuz has been good, KCP has been good. I don't understand what Kuz was wearing the other day with that big oversized pink sweater, but dude is out there playing ball. Bradley Beal is doing his thing. Um, who am I missing that's been impactful on that team? Harold hasn't really played. Oh, Montrezl Harrell. There you go. Harrell's uh, been their best player by, by a has. couple different statistics. He has. They were they chant MVP for him at the line, which I think is a little absurd, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, what do we have here? Montrez, 16-8-2. Hmm. That is impressive, considering uh, that you've got Bradley Beal on that team. <laughs> Montrez right. Harrell is your best player. Right. Beal he's, is 22-5-6 like right now. He's rocking like a 25 or 26 PER, too. Shit. Harrell. I know, right? Amazing. 27 minutes a game, too. So he plays more than half the games. You can't even say he's a part-time player. Right. Well, 538 has the Wizards putting up – where are you at? Look at you guys. 41 and 41 with a 35% chance to make the playoffs. This is the number three team in the East right now. Seems like 538 is shooting them a little short, um, or they are definitely anticipating a huge coming to earth in the next uh, – probably two months with where we are at the season already. We're about a quarter of the way in. So if they are going to go 43 and 39, their pace would have to slow a little bit starting now. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think that they're definitely going to be a playing team again. I think that they can end up on the higher end of this playing as opposed to the lower end, like uh, seven or eight, as opposed to nine or 10. I think last year they were what, 10 or nine. I think they changed right at the end. I thought there were eight. They might have. I know that right the last couple games, they, they won a couple, and that, those four teams just kind of switched around. But they, let's see, man. If they can really keep it together and stay in the top six, that would be very impressive because that means that they would have kept your Cavs out probably and either one of Atlanta or Boston out of this top six as well, which um, and Philly. That would be very impressive if they stay top six. I don't know if they can do it, but that would be mighty impressive. It would. Uh, 
I would agree. Just a little bit on the Wizards. And let's do one of three. So you can take your pick on Atlanta, Philadelphia, or Boston. What do you think is most? I think we can scratch. Boston has been boring. There hasn't been anything amazing about them or devastating about them. They're just there at 12 and 10. Um, I think a 12 and 10 Atlanta team or an 11 and 11 Phillies team or Philadelphia team might be a little bit better to talk about, but whatever you want, man. Uh, we're, we'll go Philly just because we'll, we'll just sort of discuss, I guess what they are they're, they're, Yeah. We're, we're in a, <laughs> or they're in a similar position to Brooklyn where they've just got this superstar point guard sitting out there that they don't know is, is going to play or not um, or when they're going to play. Uh, or if they're going to trade him, uh, they're they're both in very similar situations. Uh, Philly, if they can turn Simmons into something, if he's not going to show up, which at this point I don't see him showing up anytime soon, um, if they can turn him into something useful, uh, I think they'll get back into the top half of the East. But they have uh, quite the uphill climb. Um, there's no, there's them, nothing they can do for him. There's nothing they can do with him. The best bet oh. in the off season was a Golden State trade. And now it's fairly obvious that Golden State does not need to give up anything to get that much better. So there's no point in them chasing Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a couple different avenues they could go. Um, I I know I mean, Sacramento is always such a wild card, but um, if if they would offer De'Aaron Fox uh, and some stuff, you know, would Philly think about that? Where your your playoff point guard is De'Aaron Fox. I don't know how they feel about that. Tyrese Maxey has actually played really well uh, the last few weeks. So you, you may not need that. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, you just need more guys. Uh, and their second best guy just won't come to work. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's going to be an issue. Um, one other thing I was looking at earlier, they're right in the, the middle of the pack. Um, Philly's played a slightly – they're right in the middle of the league uh, with the 15th hardest strength of schedule so far. Um, so they haven't even played that hard of a schedule yet. Uh, the Atlantic, for the most part, isn't a super difficult um, division. You just have the Knicks and the <sighs> – is that the division you got? No, you're in the South. So that's it's just the Celtics, yeah. the Celtics and the Knicks and probably the Nets. Yeah, I guess that is better than I thought. Philly, yeah. Maybe the Raptors too. Uh, and the Raptors, yes, because our division is Atlanta, Washington, us, and Charlotte, Orlando. Oh, and Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Those are those five teams. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I guess their their division is a little more difficult than I thought. Those are all five could be anywhere in the top ten. Right. Uh. So yeah, odds are their their path will start getting a little harder even. Um as we go through the season. But, um, yeah, that, that's the biggest question with Philly. What are they going to do with Simmons? If they stand pat, then I think where they're seated, it makes sense. Um, I, I think they'll at least make the play-in tournament, but, I, you know, I could also see them at a, at a five or six. Uh, with Simmons, I think they're in the top four. But Yeah, I, I don't think Simmons is coming back to this team. I think that that, that ship has sailed. It would have happened already. Uh, I think it might have happened when he actually went back and showed up to the facility, but that uh, that little experiment did not go well. I think he's done. I just don't see them 
getting anything of merit for him in any sort of deal. Like, aside from a fit, like, there, there aren't a ton of teams out there with, A, the collateral to give up, and B, that's, like, glaring need at point guard. But then even if there were, what are you willing to give up for this guy who the last time we saw it was him shrinking in the, his team's most important possession of the season and then essentially not to minimize mental health, but it's kind of been a bitch fit since then. Like, Oh, I, they, I don't like how they treated me. They hurt my feelings. I needed them to support me and they all talk trash. So now I'm just not going back. Like, Who's trading anything of significance for that? Like that's a that's the gamble of all gambles. Like that's a GM on their last leg. Like, hey, if this doesn't work, I'm fucking fired anyway. So right, and I just right. don't see well, that situation out there. Yeah, I, I do think he he killed his trade value, uh, and I think that's why he's still there. Is they Philly's like, man, we, we could have turned this into James Harden if if uh, you know Houston would have would have looked our direction, um, you know, season and a half ago, and now we're lucky to get you know a couple role players and a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, which can, depending on how uh, desperate they get, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but a team like the Cavs could use a secondary ball handler who's tall and could play defense on the perimeter. Like, yeah, but what do you want to give up for that? Uh, I mean, and not for as that, long as it's for that you want to give it up. But what do you want to give up specifically for this particular second ball handler? I mean, my trade proposal would be the same thing if they're not going to get anything. It'd be the same as I was talking about before. Top five protected pick, Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. Even with Sexton hurt, you're still not getting anything out of Simmons. But a lot of that depends on what they're, how desperate they get. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love keeps scoring 23 points off the bench. He, he might actually be a viable person with an expiring contract next year. Right, right. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, just, I throw that out there as like, if the Cavs are legitimate, then their timeline sped up where Simmons might make sense, especially under contract for three and a half more seasons. Let's see. That's uh, that I think is going to play out long-term. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're very close to a resolution with that as much as we thought that it would be taken care of in camp and preseason. Once this thing got going like this, there's no coming back from this now. Now it's uh hope and pray that they can get something done by the deadline. If not, like you're literally eating, a roster spot and a max contract uh, for no good reason all season long, which right. as a Heat fan couldn't make me happier, but I can see how <laughs> that could be a little devastating for the organization. Correct. But, uh, yes. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, this is just, uh, we, I can already see the writing on the wall. This is just going to lead to Joel and me being, uh, just trade me. I don't want to be here anymore either. Y'all are a shit shoe. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him being the type to, and it could just be me, but I don't see him being the type to want to be like, oh, you couldn't get this guy out of here, so now I want to get out of here. I don't, I don't see him being that way. He's too tied in to Philly um, that I, I just – I don't see him requesting it. It doesn't mean maybe he wouldn't be amenable to it, but I don't see him, like, demanding a trade. It'd probably be more like Garnett getting out of Minnesota where he was just sort of asked to. That would be, what I think, what it would take for Philly. That's uh... I mean, if that's what Embiid really brings it down to, then it's obvious that winning does not really impact his decision-making very much then. Because if the situation stays as is, they're not going to win anything. Right? You, you no, can't but win I... anything with a dead roster spot 
And on top of that, that roster spot takes up $25 million a year or 30 or whatever the hell Ben Simmons is getting yeah, paid. It's, it's, it's somewhere between 36 and 39. Jesus Christ. Um, well, he got four for 150 or whatever. Jesus Christ. So, well, <laughs> the state of the 76ers, in two right. words, Jesus right. Christ. Well, just, just to throw that out there before we moved on, um, I, I think that it's far more likely that he would go and demand that they just finish it more so than demand that he leave. We'll put it that way. What do you mean? Like him? That they finish what I can see him going there and be like, just trade him already. Get his ass out of here. Like, we can't keep doing what exactly what you're explaining. We can't just be shorthanded all year down a star. Yeah. Like, get what you can get and be done with it so we can move on and leave the distraction behind. Like, I, I, I could see him demanding that more so than I could see him asking to leave. Let's see. Well, right now, sure. Uh, but if this drags on, I mean, this is what he still has. Simmons has this and two more years under contract? Or is three. this and three this, more? This, this three started more. his extension, yeah. Oh, so it was one of those that he signed the year before, but it didn't kick in until this year. Awesome. Correct. So if this lingers on through possibly another offseason, I don't know, man. All bets are off. It's uh, Well, and that's be... part of why they put so much value in him is because you don't have – it's not like a Kyrie situation when he went to Boston – or it was that season, and then he could opt out. You know, the, after this following season, uh, this you you get him the rest of this year plus three more years. That's that right. is worth something. That roster continuity, is, yeah. yeah, it's worth something. No, I get it. So let's see. Wow, the, the Kings are up sixty-five fifty-two on the Clippers in the third quarter. This has been interesting to watch in the background. Um, <laughs> So let's wrap up the East, put a little bow on it, and let's move out West for two teams before we wrap up. So the first one, uh, we actually talked about them a little bit, so let's just wrap up what we think here. Uh, The Nuggets. The Nuggets, man, what a difference, uh, I don't know, seven months makes. Seven months ago, the Nuggets were rolling. Jokic was going to win his MVP. Jamal Murray was there. Michael Porter Jr. had emerged as a legitimate scorer in the league. Uh, and now it's just Jokic. Murray's got that torn ACL that he suffered just before the playoffs last year. And now Michael Porter had lumbar spine surgery today, and he is out indefinitely, which leaves Jokic out there with the likes of Will Barton and God knows who else. To Aaron Gordon. Aaron, Go- Aaron Gordon, who, who unbraided his hair and put the fro out, and he just looks like a – it just looks odd. His his baby face and that fro on his head, they just don't work. It doesn't go well together. <laughs> um, but they are still predicted at 48 and 34 with a 93% chance to make the playoffs and an 11% chance of winning the finals. And I think that that is 11% of baloney. There is no way that this team constructed as is with the injuries that it is currently facing can win the finals. Um, if Jamal Murray comes back before the playoffs and looks any sort of like Jamal Murray that we know, then maybe you can scare some people again, right? Or maybe make it to another conference finals. But, um, yeah, I don't see that happening, man. It's uh, The Nuggets are in a very odd space now with Jokic playing well and all these other injuries. It's just like there's not much to play for. You're kind of wasting, like we were talking about, some of the greatest NBA seasons that an individual player has ever put up. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think their prediction just sort of includes uh, Murray getting healthy. 
Uh, I think it's similar to why the Clippers are so high up there and even why the Sixers mm-hmm. are so high up there. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're including that these guys are going to be back at some point, um, right. whether it be Kawhi or Jamal Murray or Ben Simmons. Um, and it, there's just, you know, as the season goes along, it's going to get less and less likely, uh, which is going to start hurting all these chances. These percentages are going to start hitting the toilet once it becomes clear that that's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Murray clearly has a better case or chance of coming back during the season than like Kawhi. Cause I think Kawhi tore his in May where Murray tore his in like March. So um, I, I do think the idea of Jamal Murray coming back during the regular season is, is legitimate. Uh, but, you know, I guess barring injury, I don't know how that puts them ahead of the Suns or the Warriors. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think yeah, I don't definitely doesn't put them ahead of those two teams. Yeah, no, I, I mean the only way it does is if you know Chris Paul misses time, which he almost always does, uh, or Steph gets hurt. You know the, those injuries nowadays. You you just you can't like talk about this stuff without including the possibility for injury, because it's it's the same reason but, why the the Clippers were so good against the Mavericks at the end of the series last year, and then even against the Jazz at the beginning of the series they they started to look more like themselves and, and you thought, okay, they, they got over this hump of, of blowing these leads and then Kawhi hurt his knee and it was just, okay, I don't even know what else to do now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, th- those possibilities exist with all these top teams where they're just one injury away from, from completely ruining their season. Yeah. I mean, you felt it today with the heat, honestly. Yep. I absolutely did. So let's see. Well, that is the Nuggets. We talked about Jokic a little while ago, so I don't want to spend too much more time on him. But let's see if they get any of these uh, two stars that are down back at any reasonable time throughout the season, if they can turn it around and make a run in the playoffs. We will see. Um, all I know is that it definitely counts on Jokic continuing at near, at either at or near the pace that he is currently um, producing him. I think he had 18 and 15 tonight and a loss to the Magic. Like you can't, yeah, 18, 15, and 7. You can't lose to the Magic. And your best player put up almost a triple-double. Like, it's the Magic. Right. Um, but let's see. So, last team I want to mention. And it's funny that you, you shit on them a little while ago, but I didn't want to bring it up to just let you keep going. But the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, the cat-led Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's bullshit because they are Anthony Edwards-led. That kid is <laughs> the real deal. Um he had a rough first half of his rookie season last year, and it was a lot of questions came up about him. Oh, should he have been the number one pick? Yada, yada, yada. Man, he turned it on in the second half, and that has continued into this season. Uh, the Heat took an L to that team last week, and it was pretty devastating. But watching that team play and watching specifically um, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell play, because Cat – uh, yeah, Cat puts up all these numbers, right? But I just, I just don't feel like he impacts games. Like, he's just out there gathering stats. But I see Edwards, and Edwards is making clutch shots. Russell's making clutch shots. Um, they had a double overtime or an overtime game against the Sixers over the weekend that Russell hit a huge three to send them to overtime, and then Edwards hit another one in overtime, and they ended up winning the game by a point, like, Game impacting plays is what I see from those guys, and I don't see it from Cat. 
But the Timberwolves currently sit in the ninth spot, uh, according to these standings, in the ninth spot in the West, just outside of the top eight, even though, well, I guess they're in the play-in tournament. I got to remember it's 10 now, not eight. Um, They have a 53% chance of making the playoffs, according to 538, and they are projected to finish at an even 541 and 41, which would be... Uh, a tremendous improvement for this organization that has done diddly squat ever. Uh, I think that the best they did was a conference championship with Garnett, a conference championship series, not even a conference championship. Um, so I'm, I, I don't know. I'm curious. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm very curious as to what the Timberwolves can put out. Uh, and again, I'm just very intrigued by Anthony Edwards. And I'm, I think he's a really exciting, really good player. Uh, I'm just curious to see what they're going to get for Cat at some point because it's just not going to work with this dude. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I named him before. Um, not really anything against the Timberwolves. I don't have any problem with them. Um, but just like you, like you said, it, it, it always seems like his stats just don't translate to winning. They're like a guy that, right? A guy that puts up those numbers is very similar to to Kevin Love in Minnesota. Where he, you know, they're they're an eight or nine seed, and he's putting up twenty six and twelve, and it's like, okay, great, like you got us here, but like, other dudes are putting up twenty six and twelve, and they're the three seed. So what's the difference in the way yeah, where, where that we're playing here? Right, exactly. Um, I I think Towns is the same idea. He's the first couple of years, it was wow, look at the stats this guy's putting up. You know, he didn't do anything like this at Kentucky. That's great. And then they've just been bad ever since. And you just sort of start thinking, okay, like, why doesn't this mean we win games? Uh, he got hurt tonight. So we'll see how Who that. Cat? Cat, yeah. Ooh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Uh, right at the end of the game that they lost. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel the same way you do. I think people are excited about the T-Wolves mostly because of Edwards uh, and, and not so much Cat. Um but those three guys together, that's a legitimate big three. And, and they're young enough that if, if they can keep them together, you could actually do some stuff with that. Yeah. Uh, Russell as your number three is not bad. Like that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. D'Angelo Russell as your three is something that you can work with. It's having him as one or two that we realized very quickly wasn't going to work. Right, um, right. He was two when he first got to Minnesota. And right. that's why they still hadn't made the playoffs. And then right. once, they, right. once they got Edwards, and now that Edwards has sort of come on – uh, like you said, at the end of last year and then into this year. Um, now you can sort of see the pecking order and, and it makes sense. Um, so I, you, you definitely can see that if they get some guys around those dudes, I think they have the right coaching staff in place as, as weird as it was when they made that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they got the right guy. So um, I think they're set up for success. Uh, it's just how that translates. Yeah. And I mean, they've got some people around them that can play. I mean, they got Pat Beverly in there who, who can, we all know can play, right? He's not going to be a game changer, but he can definitely change the game in terms of defense. Uh, Torian Prince, which is just someone good to have coming up off the bench. Uh, they just started starting uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who came from Kentucky. I think it's like his third or fourth year in the league. Uh, Malik Beasley has contributed a little bit on this team. They've got an interesting cast there uh, and again led by those three it's uh, it's very interesting and the relationship between Cat and D'Angelo Russell which is one of the reasons people thought that this could work when they got there right because they already had like obviously the big thing with Cat is 
he's very emotional and obviously the whole Jimmy Butler thing, Jimmy mentally broke him and all this other stuff. I think that that was important to get somebody who he's got a good relationship in because maybe that changes it. But, I mean, it didn't change until Edwards was there. So I can't anticipate that being the reason. But Edwards being there along with maybe that relationship and those two guys being happy and playing ball together, maybe they can definitely turn this thing around. Let's see. Um, it's going to it's going to be interesting. I think that that's a, an intriguing team to look at out in the West, see if they can keep this up and stay uh, in the mix for a playing spot or even a top six spot. I doubt it'll be a top six spot, but maybe they can get a home court game in that play-in tournament and, and see how they do that. So they've obviously shown flashes. They beat a Heat team that uh, I'm pretty sure we were full strength. And if we weren't full strength, oh, we were missing Tyler Hero that night. So, but we had all of our starters, man, and they still beat us. Um, so, and it was by double them. figures, I think. It wasn't, I believe so. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like a, a one point, point win. win. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so they've shown flashes. So that, that could be an interesting team to look out for there in the West. So, all right. Well, nice. And we didn't even go uh, over like all the other, you know, Luca and, and Paul George. There's, there's so many teams to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we it's didn't so touch fun. the Clippers. We didn't touch Luca. We didn't touch uh, Dame and the Blazers. Um, the Raptors have been a surprising team in the East. Everybody thought they were going to be absolutely awful, and they're just they're they're okay. They're 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 bad, but they're not embarrassing, which uh, a lot of people thought that they would be. Um, so, yeah, it's been a fun season so far. We're about a quarter of the way in, and we will be hopefully catching up with them uh, with the rest of these teams very soon as we do another NBA episode uh, in the next week or so. But Please uh, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Obviously, if you heard that, you were already listening to us. Uh, follow us, subscribe, rate us, five stars, please. Feel free to drop a comment in the uh, or, a, or a review in the review section of any of your wonderful podcast apps. And thank you for listening. Again, we are going to be coming up with another episode. Uh, we hope to film it in the next 48 hours. And you should have it before the slate of NFL games starts on Sunday. Uh, so, again, thank you all for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 3 Major Sports. Uh, interact with us there. See what's up. And that's it, man. Anything you got to say to our listeners, our loyal listeners, before we sign off? <laughs> no, no. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. We, we have fun doing this. And, uh, yeah, talk to you next time. Awesome. All right, everybody. Take care. Enjoy the sports. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Bye.